Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Important attribute that a business leader or manager needs sound judgment, entrepreneurial skill, driven to make sales and profits, or is it perhaps compassion? That's the view of my next guest, the author Manly Hopkinson, who's also the head of the Compassionate Leadership Academy. Good morning, Manly. Good morning, Joe. How are you? I'm not too bad, Manly, on this lovely summer's day. Why is compassion the key ingredient for a good manager? Because at the end of the day, what you really want from your people is their commitment. Because if someone's committed to something, you have their engagement, you have collaboration, you have innovation, accountability, you've got resilience, well-being, happiness, and you have performance. And the route to commitment is by tapping into people's self-worth. And that's what compassionate leadership is all about. And I use the Dalai Lama's uh, description of compassion. That great business leader. (laughs) That great business leader. Well, you know what? He's a bit of an expert on compassion, but it's understanding with uh, with positive action. And if business leaders go into the world thinking, actually, first I need to understand, and then with everything I understand, I act positively, it drops judgment, it taps into self-worth, and you get commitment, and that's what it's all about. Now, how should managers establish a strong bond with their staff? Now, I ask because they walk a tightrope, don't they, Manly? Because if you appear too close, it becomes maybe a little bit creepy, and it might even <laughs> appear to be a little bit false. Yeah, you certainly got to be authentic in everything that you're doing, for sure. Uh, and then too close is a creepy is a horrible expression, isn't it? The guessing thing is just to think about the authenticity of it all, that actually what I'm really trying to do, if I'm trying to secure the best for all, then that's the way I get the best out of people. So if I secure the best for you, Joe, then I'm going to tap into your self-worth. And if I'm honest in that and I'm real in this, then actually that comes through in its own right. So our intent, rather than me trying to squeeze the most out of you, what I'm going to try and do is actually look after you. And, and tap into your motivation and what it is that you need and you want too. And that's the best way to do it. And you know, sharing a bit of yourself is always a great start as well. It's not about being friends. It's not about being chummy. It's just about building a relationship, building an understanding. So it is a different concept. And you've worked with quite a few iconic business leaders who've had um, uh, you know, issues, obviously. They're all white-collar. They're all brain-driven. I'm thinking about Google, Amazon, Citibank. I mean, what did you tell them? Oh, gosh. I, sometimes we forget about what business is all about. And, and, yes, it's absolutely right that businesses make profits. And it's absolutely right that investors should get a return uh, on their early investment which enables things to happen. But that's not the purpose. The, the purpose is bigger than that. The purpose is the benefit we bring to society. So when I'm working with these leaders, I'm helping them understand about the fact that, well, actually, you do amazing things. You, your businesses are extraordinary businesses with a, with a reach all over the globe, which can positively and sadly negatively impact the lives of everybody. So let's not focus on the outcome or the numbers, if you like. Let's focus on what it is that's going to deliver those numbers. And actually what does deliver them, by definition, are the people. And the people are our most important asset. We hear that so often, but I hear it so often. But what I don't see is people actually living people are our most important asset. I I get that people are the most important asset for um, brain power driven companies. But what about manufacturing companies that physically have to make things and make them to a certain schedule and certain quality and all that kind of stuff? They might have less educated blue collar workers. How does the compassion work in that case? It's exactly the same. We're all humans at the end of the day. Compassion is, is not an intellectual concept. It's an emotional one. And I think there's a 
gosh, what's the expression I should use? It's almost an arrogance um, amongst the intellectual who seem to think that actually you know, compassion and a sense of meaning uh, and, and purpose is good for them, but just for the average worker. They're only here to turn up for get some money, aren't they? Isn't it just so they can go and you know, buy their beer or do whatever it may be? And I totally fundamentally disagree. All the people I've met and I've worked all over the world at, at high levels in organizations and at the uh, shop floor as well, our sense of meaning and purpose is within us all. And actually, that's the principle. Um, we, we, create, we create a transaction, if you like. I, I pay you some money, so I expect you to do the work. But that's just driving compliance. I mean, any fool can do that. Mm. But if I can, yes, I want to pay you money, of course. But if I can tap into your motivation and get you excited about what you're doing, then actually we'll get so much more done together. And it'd be so much more fun too. It sounds as if you companies that adopt this policy will need much bigger HR departments. No, it's not HR, Joe. Actually, that's a really good point. A very good point indeed, because sometimes you think HR is all around leadership. Um, no, it's not. Leadership sits with the leaders. HR should be there as an enabler to help development, to help growth, to, to make things happen. But the most important thing to understand is that it's the leader themselves that needs to own the relationship, needs to own their leadership ability. Uh, and there's some, gosh, there's so much research done on this. There's a lovely model uh, by a Dutch professor that I worked with on high-performance organizations who just very briefly found out there are 35 things which are vital to performance, 27 of them, Joe, around the quality of relationships and the quality of people. And this was a massive bit of research across the whole globe, just reinforcing how important it is that we relate and we build people and develop them, no matter where they sit in an organisation. I wonder, uh, Manly, whether company boards and greedy shareholders also have a huge role to play in this because they choose the chief executives and the CFOs and all those senior leaders um, who they want, the shareholders want to deliver growth and profits. I mean, how many boards actively choose a leader who's good and decent and compassionate above delivering profits? It's increasing, uh, is the answer to that one. And it's jolly, I'm really, really pleased that it is too. So, yeah, I mean, the, the concept is really that, that, you know, you don't fatten a pig by measuring a pig. You've got to feed it. Uh, and you have to feed people. You have to feed an organization. You've got to work with the people you've got. And actually, if I'm after profit, I'm going to get much more profit if my workforce is engaged and innovative and excited by their work. And so it's almost a, it's almost a, not a contradiction. There's a bit of tension there. I get it. We, we tend to focus so much on the task as leaders. We've got to get the job done. What are the metrics? What are the KPIs? What are the measures we put in place? But we forget that a task is done by a team of motivated people. And if we can spend our time looking at, well, I'm going to build this team to make them as strong and cohesive and collaborative as possible. The communication is great. And each individual within the team, I'm going to develop them to be the best they possibly can be themselves. And by definition, achieving any task will become so much easier. And so it's encouraging leaders across the world to recognize that reality. And shareholders, big investors, corporate raiders, private equity groups, I just struggled to see that they, when hiring a boss, would value that above driving profits. And that's why they're short-sighted, because the ones that do, do exceptionally well. And I do work with investment companies. Uh, when they do exactly what you're suggesting, they go and buy or invest in a particular organization, then I'll work with the leaders of that organization to install compassionate leadership as a way of almost guaranteeing the investors a better return on their investment. And so my encouragement for any investors listening out there now is great, brilliant. Your investment is really powerful and really useful. 
organizations need it to grow. But don't forget, it's the people, the leadership, it's the relationships, it's that commitment which will give you your return on your money. So let's invest in that as well, which is a key thing. Thanks, Manly. That is the head of the Compassionate Leadership Academy and the author, Manly Hopkinson. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on Newstalk.